Hey everyone, welcome to the Create Initiative Podcast, the show that brings you insights and techniques from people in the creative world. We serve to help fellow creatives connect, learn, and grow. I'm Jason Evans alongside Kyle Lee. And uh, Kyle, how you doing today? Hello. Hello. I'm great. In case uh, you're you're listening uh, in your car or on your headphones or in your office or wherever, we may sound just a little bit uh, froggy, a little bit hoarse, and uh, that's because in Oklahoma it is wonderful allergy season, right, Kyle? Well, like we talked earlier, allergies are made up by the government to sell more medicine. That's right. So, what is it with you? What, what's wrong with your voice? Just a mysterious voice losing last week. Yeah, sometimes there's no, uh, there's no reason why it happens. It just happens. Yeah, and, I was uh, up praying just every night really late and just lost my voice. You know? Yeah, yeah, that that happens from time to time. Um, you know, I, I mentioned this earlier. Do you allergies used to not affect me? I think it's age. Um, you know, they're real ageist. Those allergies. Yeah, as I mentioned, I'm pre-allergetic, so. So it's not. It's definitely not not allergies for you. Well. Uh, for you, the listener, we hope that you are not being inundated by allergies or anything like that. And we hope you've had a good week, other than the, the voice thing was was the week that was a, a good week. It was great. <laughs> you had to think about that. So memorable. Yeah, that you can't remember what you did last yep. week. That, yeah. Uh, well, we've been busy uh, working on a set design out at our summer camp that kicks off in a in a week. And uh, so we're we're running back and forth out to our camp, getting the stage design set up. And uh, that was the week that was for us. That's probably why I'm allergetic. There's a lot of dust and plant life out there. Just so, not many trees. Not many trees, not a lot of shade, but a lot of plant life in general and a lot a lot of dust. Well, uh, like I said, we hope you had a great week. And uh, just to get this show started, Kyle... Let's talk about something new. It's been a few weeks, I feel like, since we've done that. And so, uh, what do you have for us this week? Today, something new I want to talk about. I know, listen, I know all of you out there really only like to listen to this podcast, but I want to encourage you with my something new to venture out and listen to a new podcast that I found called 20,000 Hertz. Okay. I don't know how new the podcast is, but it's new to me. I found it. It is... uh, Interesting, and as the name kind of describes, it is a podcast about. Let me see, just real quick. I'm gonna read their little tagline. All right, twenty thousand hertz. It's a podcast, and this is the tagline for it. It says, "The stories behind the world's most recognizable and interesting sounds." And so, I've only been one episode in, but it got me hooked. What was that episode about? That episode was ultrasonic tracking. Okay. And it is mind-blowing. It's almost conspiracy theory type stuff. So what is ultrasonic tracking? Um, So basically the episode goes into um, how companies and uh, retail stores, movie theaters, um, concert venues, whatever, they they will use (coughs) ultrasonic sound. Uh, just outside of the human, the frequency that humans able to are able to hear, um, and they'll they'll use that to to beam out like an ultrasonic sound. So your phone apps apps within your phone that you've allowed to use your microphone 
will pick that up and they'll be able to know that you're there or they'll be able to know, um, it's just like for ad targeting and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So like say like, a in the mall, like a, one of the stores is, um, playing the music over the the speakers, but also they're playing this ultrasonic sound. And so your phone is picking that up on an app like Facebook who Mm -hmm. you allow to use the, the microphone. And so that store with Facebook knows that you're in that store and then they better target ads to that. You'll start seeing ads for that store. And they're like, you're, you ever been like, how do they know that I'm in that store? And so, um, different things like that. And, uh, um, I, I mean, it's just, it's kind of like, television like when you're watching tv if your tv's just going at home and um your phone's sitting there and like they, there's ultrasonic beams going on yeah and uh so i sound like kanye west ultrasonic beams yeah <laughs> and so um but um they i mean they go in and they explain it all on the podcast a lot of like much better scientific yeah so they, they explain talk. the science behind yeah, it like and, how it works and all that yeah and it's that's pretty cool. That sounds cool. It, it's a show I'm going to have to try out. 20,000 Hertz. 20,000 Hertz. Awesome. So check it out. We'll have a link to the show notes. Um, <clears throat> Kyle, what I want to talk about is just a, is a app. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm always on the, the look for the like perfect social media management tool. And the one thing I know is there's not a perfect one because it's always like, well, if this one... Uh, this one does this, but not that. And then this one does the, what I would like for it to do, but it doesn't do the rest of the stuff. And Or this one does everything, but it's incredibly, incredibly expensive. And so I've started doing a test trial of one called Crowdfire. Have you ever heard of that? No. Okay. I, I honestly, I don't know how new it is. Um, it seems like they're still very much in startup mode, like on their website. Um, and so, but, uh, I started just doing a free trial cause you can do like one, uh, one profile per social media network, uh, kind of on a free basis. And, uh, it, it, you know, there's not a whole lot of discernible differences between that and Hootsuite or Buffer or anything. But uh, one thing it says that it does that I'm interested to see is it talks about optimizing your followers. And so it, as you use the service, it eventually, you know, it's AI and it's algorithms create like a list of people to follow and a list of people, um, you know, that, that, the, the articles they post, how they relate to what you post and kind of help you try to create that content. Um, because that's the thing, like from a, from a work perspective, trying to find content is always the, the most difficult part, um, for me. Like it's, you know, personally, if I'm tweeting about a football game or something, that's one thing, but, uh, just trying to find content that, that people who, who are really looking to, to learn things. Um, so, uh, this one, pretends to or portrays that it, it will help you over time create that content and generate articles and leads and things that uh, w- would be useful to your profile. Um, and so the, the the verdict's out. Like I said, I'm still doing a free trial. I've just kind of started messing around with it. Um, but uh, if nothing else, it looks pretty. It's got a cool interface, um, much better than some of the other ones I've, I've used at this point, but uh, it's called Crowdfire. It's crowdfireapp.com. Once again, we'll have a link in the show notes, but uh, do you use any kind of social media management? I do not, but I, I'm interested in that one because like you said, it, it uses AI to tell you whether or not you should follow some people. So listen, what Jason is saying, everyone, is that you better start getting interesting 
because if not, this AI is just going to boot you from his follow <laughs> list. They'll say like, you know, get rid of this. Yeah. Person. Like you're following. It's it'll literally, if I, if I understand what he just explained correctly, it'll just send him a notification. Why are you following so-and-so? Yeah. I think that's like, what it said. Like it'll follow actually shaming. Say, follow it'll actually shaming. say, Hey dummy, why are you yeah, following? Follow shaming this I'm, person, which I'm 100% for like, as a matter of fact, if any of you want to bring me your, uh, your phones, your social media lists on who you follow. I'll go ahead and let you know whether or not that's a good idea. <laughs> well, it's for free, so, for so free per account on their, on their website. It says, follow the right people, unfollow inactive accounts, engage with your fans and followers and keep an eye out on your competitors, followers. And so oh, it'll yes. even sabotage. Yeah. So it'll even let you, you know, find like, uh, social accounts and then figure out who's following them. And, you know, figure out how to target them. So, yeah, a little bit of sabotage. Yeah. Uh, article generation, you know. all kinds of great yeah. stuff. You can link your blog or, or if you have like a YouTube channel or things like that. So It'll let you know you're you're in traffic behind a car and then all of a sudden you get a notification. This is this car in front of you is one of your competitors. Yeah. Ram, ram them. Ram this car. Yeah. And then put it on Twitter that, that is, they can't drive. That's revolutionary. Yeah, that's it's pretty cool. So that's Crowdfire. Uh, the, it may or may not do everything we just talked about, but um, it seems like the 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 future for that for those projects are there. I mean, definitely, it seems like um, we're we're in a world where that may not be too far too far away. AI friend curators. AI friend curators. I like it. I sound like Elon Musk. Yeah, something his boring company would would create and come up with. Um, yeah, apparently he took a test drive in some new SUV this weekend. Did you see that? I did not. But I did see they did. They tested the Hyperloop. Yep. The one underground that they. Yep. Did they you had. see how they've they've scaled back from they you know when they originally launched it they said you can you'll be able, like a ferry park your car yeah but now it's just pedestrians and bikes did you see that no I saw because <coughs> you'll be able to drive your car down in there yeah and then um I didn't know they were going away from that well I I don't know if that's the the final answer but at least like as they kind of do the test runs and all that I guess they're just trying to probably keep lighter weight loads, I would assume. Yeah. To go however fast it goes. Yeah. Billion miles an yeah. hour. So, uh, you know, that guy is doing a lot of crazy stuff. Do you see him call out Warren Buffett about candy companies? I did not. Yeah. Cause you know, Berkshire Hathaway, they, they're like majority owners in that sees candy and at, at their annual meetings, Warren Buffett or his co co dude, I can't remember what his name is. Uh, one of them said something about Elon Musk better not, or doesn't know candy. Basically, kind of in a oh, and then he tweeted. Yeah, I yeah. did see because I follow him, and I saw he tweeted he was going to start a candy. Yeah, company. it was it was kind of like a well, it was probably like just a, a billionaire lighthearted jab at another you know billionaire. I don't know, he might do <laughs> um, it, but but so yeah, that's why he tweeted out you know you know starting my candy shop or or whatever. So he may do it. Um, seems like he likes just uh, creating a lot of a lot of stuff, and for whatever reason, it seems like uh, it just gets him more and more. Publicity, so it's great. Well, SpaceX too. They yeah, they had that successful uh, launch and land. The <clears> launch <throat> and land, yeah. Uh, but not to be outdone, NASA uh, also, as Kyle coughs in the background, um, NASA also launched like their largest rocket uh, to date. So NASA's yeah. NASA's trying to catch up with. I don't know. That one might have been fake. You think so? Yeah. Just like the moon landing. You said it, not me. <laughs> 
Well, on that note, we better take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back with a uh, special guest on today's podcast. So stick with us. We'll be right back. What if you had the chance to share your video and design work in a creative, collaborative environment? Now you can at the Create Initiative Film Festival. The Create Initiative Film Festival is an evening designed to inspire and develop local church filmmakers, cinematographers, and designers. By working together, we can all become better at our craft and become better in serving the church creatively. The Film Festival is July 24, 2018 at Circle Cinema in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy popcorn, prizes, and watching your film on the big screen. Prizes will be awarded for video and design categories, and a complete list of details is online at createinitiative.org. It is free to submit your work and to attend, but the deadline for submission is July 13th, 2018. We'll see you on the big screen. Welcome back to the Create Initiative Podcast. Uh, today, we want to get right to our special guest on this episode, and his name is Arliss Moon. Uh, he's a friend of the Create Initiative, a uh, friend of the podcast, and uh, Arliss and his family are embarking on a new church. And it's called Maker's Church uh, in Norman, Oklahoma, and we wanted to talk a little bit about Arliss and uh, th- this guy. He's done all kinds of creative things, and, and so we wanted him to share about that a little bit, and then we wanted to talk about the concept behind his church what he's wanting to do with it, and uh, how it can relate to creatives uh, in general and even in your own church context, uh, what what it looks like to have a creative culture in your church. So uh, here's our interview with Arliss Moon. Well, Arliss, we are so excited to have you uh, join the podcast today. I, I want to say up front, we are in Lunar Music in Moore, Oklahoma. They have a nice demo room, and uh, they've they've allowed us to, to come in and set up shop here. So uh, this is this is probably the best mic sound we've ever gotten. So and you get to be our guest. <laughs> I, I appreciate on the show. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Arliss, as, as we get started, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're currently at, uh, family life, things like that. Uh, my name is Arliss Moon. I am 35. I've got an eight-year-old almost, and a I've got one on the way in July. So oh, wow. I didn't know that. Congratulations. On, right? Yeah. There's a lot going on in my life this year. Uh, my wife and I live in Norman, and uh, we're working on planting a church in the next nine months or so. So Awesome. And, and, and we're definitely going to talk about that. But uh, before we, we get that far, I do want to go way back in time because <laughs> I, I was trying to think about the first, very first time we met. And I don't know if you remember it or not, because it was just kind of in passing, but uh, you were kind of living the gig life back then. So I don't even know how many years ago that was, maybe like <laughs> 12, a, a long years time ago. ago. Yeah, it was an, I say in another life, in a previous life. Uh, well, let's talk about that previous life for a second. Um, you know, uh, so so when we first met, you were kind of doing some uh, shows and things like that. And uh, I remember you were kind of a one man band sometimes. Uh, but okay, what, so what, that far. Yeah, that, that far ago. back. <laughs> so what was that like for you and how'd you get into that? Um, well, I, I when I was about eight years old, eight or nine years old, we moved, my dad's a pastor uh, for context, but we moved to Tahlequah, Oklahoma 
And that was the first church that I had experienced having a drum set. Okay. And over summer break, when you're an eight-year-old kid and you're a pastor's kid, you're going to like live at the church because that's just what you do. And so I would sneak into uh, the auditorium. Of course, we call it a sanctuary then. Um, but And I learned kind of how to play the drums yeah. that summer. And from then, I just progressed into, uh, you know, a lot of other things. And so... Uh, when I was like 14, I think I got an acoustic guitar and like immediately, like didn't even really know chords, just made stuff up and like went to writing songs. It was kind of, I was really passionate about that. It seemed like all my other friends were trying to learn top 40 hits and I was trying to write these really depressing minor-esque <laughs> teenage songs. And, yeah. and then that kind of turned into uh, just being a singer songwriter. Um, and I continued to do that. Uh, and then on the side I would produce and I played various instruments and other bands. So I just love to play live music. Yeah. And you, I mean, you've, like you said, you, you kind of still keep that, that alive and in a, maybe a different way today. Um, but, uh, so, I mean, it's almost been a majority of your life. You've been doing that in some form or fashion, yeah, right? Totally. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, kind of thinking about those days, cause I know some, sometimes those were a long time ago. Right. <laughs> um, what are some things maybe you feel like you learned and picked up either, you know, just doing different gigs or just learning, you know, how you said you immediately wanted to go into singer or the songwriting side of it. Right. Yeah. Um, what are some things maybe you learned then that, you know, help you today? Um, man, the biggest thing, the overarching theme, uh, really happened probably in about 2011, which has been a minute. Um, but <laughs> we, so we were on staff at a church and there was some transition stuff and ultimately I, I got fired, you know, that kind of thing happened. Uh, but it gave me the opportunity to tour like on a lot higher level. And so uh, I, I was in a band that had a major label record deal and like we, we toured, you know, most of the year it'd be six months or six weeks on and then two or three weeks off. And I, I would, you know, you, it's the kind of thing where you'd go, went to New York like three times a year, you know? And so wow. you saw lots and lots of culture, lots of, lots of people. And it really kind of opened up my perspective about the lower 48 States, you know, just because if at that time I was pretty sheltered, that's probably not the best way to say it, but just, I had a really small world and worldview. Mm -hmm. And I think like, that's the biggest thing I can say is that it really opened up my perspective on how like other people viewed the li life in the world. And so I think that helped me more than anything else. Uh, and just being around like the band I was in was based out of Portland, Oregon, the first, the first one. And so I kind of lived there for a little bit when we would rehearse, if we weren't in, you know, in a studio in Nashville or LA or something. And they are a completely different culture than uh, some Oklahoma in the heart folks. of America, yeah. Oklahoma. <laughs> and so that really, I think that was maybe one of the most helpful things I can think of to date that's happened in my life. Well, so even, so expanding your worldview, um, I'm gonna, th this might put you on the spot, so feel free not to answer if you don't want to. But uh, would you would you consider that being an issue in the church today? That that maybe that that worldview isn't as expanded um, as it yeah, could be. I, the the problem is, and this is a little bit more like focused in on just like you and your own church. But you know, everyone's house has a smell. And you don't smell that smell if it's your house. <laughs> yeah. But when people come over, they know it for better or for worse. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And the, the same way, like there's there's things about you just don't have the same perspective as outsiders to whatever that environment is. Um, and I think the more you can get around people that are 
different than you, that think differently than you, the better off you're going to be. Because mm-hmm. I, th- I feel like it. there's this thing about uh, just understanding. I call it like seek to understand. And that's kind of like one of my core values as a person. Uh, because I feel like so many people just want to be heard. You know what I mean? And you don't change people's minds a lot of times, but you, you gain a relationship with them when they feel whatever that thing is, they feel that going on. And I feel like the more you can get around people that are not like you, the better you can be, you can have empathy. Mm-hmm. You can, you can just relate. And so I think it's a really important thing that's often overlooked. Well, I, I agree completely. And I think it, it goes both ways also. Like, I mean, if you're, if you're understanding how to empathize with people who may not agree with you uh, about everything. Or just see life a little um, differently. Or see see life a little differently. Well, in theory, they're also, they're, they're seeing that about you as well. Uh And uh, so, so it definitely goes both ways. Um, Kind of getting back on track. uh, When you, when you look at the church kind of in general today, um, how do you view creativity in the church today? Um, I feel like there's, and I, we're all, we all have like this limited amount of time because a lot of us are doing other things for a living, you know? Mm -hmm. And I I feel like there is a lot of tendency just to kind of go find what some other church has done and like do your own version of that, which there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I love it when I find something that's just, that's just different. You know what I'm saying? When you see it and you go. Oh wow! I like that's totally not like what I would expect from you know like somebody just went to their favorite website and kind of tweaked somebody else's idea yeah. for their own church. I love those original ideas, like for better or for worse. I love seeing the originality of it. Yeah, and sometimes even if it doesn't, e- yeah, even if it doesn't work. like land right or it's not great, like I just love the fact because if you've been there, like we all kind of go okay. Google and then you you mm-hmm. just go from there and so like when it seems like somebody's done that or something that's real like when I see artwork that's made um, like artistically and not just like this flat two dimensional thing in Photoshop like yeah. it's it's a breath of fresh air even if it's not that great like I still I enjoy seeing that yeah so. well that's good and and I think that maybe segues into uh, a little bit let's talk about you mentioned that you're you're planting a church um, and uh, it's Maker's Church right yes sir uh, well why don't you tell us a little bit about Maker's um, kind of the the story behind where this vision came from and and what it's going to to be like yeah so. Uh, about five years ago, I was on staff at a church in well, my dad's church in Altus, Oklahoma, and my wife and I both felt like God was calling us to plant a new church. And at that time, it was really like, uh, what, how? Yeah. <laughs> because I'd never preached before. I'd never really led teams, anything like that. In the past, it had just been, you know, hey, you're the worship pastor, or you're doing design, you're doing this and that. And, you know, since then, we've had two other ministry positions at different churches that have really kind of helped form those aspects that, that are needed. And so we've gained a lot of confidence. It's still kind of an overwhelming thought yeah. because you, you know, anytime you look at a spreadsheet, you're like, I don't know how this is going to happen. But uh, there was a lot of things that over the last five years, I feel like God has done. He's put us, he's put people in our lives that have helped us, uh, you know, kind of fill in those blanks. And so 
He's just faithful to do that. And I'm, we're trusting him to do that. Uh, what makes our church unique is that uh, not only we're we launching a life-giving church in Norman, but we're also launching uh, what we're calling Makerspace. And Makerspace is just a creative space that will be open and free to everybody in Norman. So it'll be a recording studio, video edit suites, graphic design workstation, some art space, photography studio, and eventually like um, an automotive garage and some metal fab areas, woodworking, things like that, whatever we can fit, you know, whatever they'll let us do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so we want to use that idea of maker space to connect with people that might not otherwise come into, you know, just a church for no apparent reason. How do you, how do you see that, that part happening? Uh, maker space, you know, and people who may not, may not go to church for any reason. How do you see those connections being built that, that could lead to to life change. Well, I, we're going to try to build a culture of people just being proud of that because the, the idea is not here's this gimmick on top of a normal church, yeah. but like this is our church. This is Maker's Church. This is the gift that we're giving our city. So like I want people in our church to say, to like have their antennas up like, you know, hey, you know what? You could go to Maker's and make a record for yeah. free. Or have a rehearsal or, you know, go use our IMAX to do some animated stuff or, you know, you need a headshot. I know a guy that'll that'll go do it in the photography studio and also through workshops and, you know, just events that we put on, like just constantly trying to put it out there that, hey, this is here and it's free. Like it's free for the taking. Yeah. We kind of say we want to democratize creativity. So kind of a stretch, but in essence, if a homeless person wanted to make a record, like take it, they have the tools to do yeah, that. They just yeah. got to, you know, hop on a bus or whatever and do it. Like, I know that's a stretch, but that, that is the the basis of the whole idea is just to have those tools in place for people and serve them through that. That's awesome. Uh, that, I mean, it's a really cool idea. Uh, what, what made you, um, or is there a story behind deciding like, yeah, this totally. is how we want no, that to yeah. happen. And I, I've told this so many times, but um, about this time last year, I was laying in bed trying to go to sleep. Um, and it really wasn't even thinking about church planning stuff because it it had been, it's always on my mind, you know. Um, but before this point in time, it was like vague. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I, I knew we were in Norman. We love Norman. We've always wanted to be in Norman, but it wasn't like, you know, there was no timeline there's no name there's no uniqueness about it and so I was laying in bed just trying to go to sleep and like in an instant like and I said I've never heard the audible voice of God or seen uh you know a burning bush or something like that but it was totally like that kind of thing where God put this concept of you know church plus creative space and then a name like like a flash of lightning it was crazy and if if you've ever tried to name a band or a business (laughs) or anything you know it doesn't happen that way you start writing out of this list and three three months later you're still trying to decide between this thing and that and it's it's always been maker's church it's crazy wow that it's for bet you know some people might think that's dorky but like it was just so obvious and it was also obvious that i felt like god was saying like now's the time to move forward okay So it was about a year ago? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and then, but it was just that night. You're like, okay, yeah. we're going to do this creative space. We're going to yeah. you know, have church. Imagine and trying to go makers. to sleep after that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think that would happen. Um, let's talk about the, the church side of it. Um, what do you see from a creative perspective? How will creativity play a role in in what your your experiences will be like? Well, we we hope to, you know, be a a 
community of creatives and, you know, as a creative person myself, you kind of just attract who you are. And so I'm trying to always create space um, for people's gifts, you know, like in my mind, like everyone is like purposefully made to do something. And like, if you can help them find that thing, like it's rocket fuel. You yeah. know what I mean? They, they never turn around from that. And so like my whole goal in this is just trying to help people. The way we say is we help people become the best version of themselves. And I've seen a glimpse of that, especially in younger people yeah. where they catch on to that. And like, it's contagious, it, you know, it just grows and grows and grows. And so, uh, we've already seen that where we've made connections with people who've really bought into what we're doing just because, of the focus on creativity and serving other people. So, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's a, it's an awesome idea. Um, the little bits I've heard and of what you guys are working on and working towards, and you said you hope to, to launch within the next nine months. Yeah. So, um, right now we're looking at a building, trying to negotiate and finalize from that. Um, and, our target is to launch Makerspace actually before our church, okay. mainly just to gain some momentum from people that aren't in our circle. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in the fall, hopefully like October, November, we're going to launch Makerspace, Lord willing. And then in January, we'll launch weekend services. Okay. That's awesome. Um, so let's take, let's take that concept because I love the, the Makerspace concept. Um, are there ways that, that you can see how, something like that can work in, in the church in general? Yeah, totally. Like my thoughts are most churches of a certain size already have a lot of what we're going to offer. Uh, the difference is they don't open their doors to their community. And I, there's so many things the church has, so many assets and tools the church has that we could use to build a bridge to our community, whether it's, you know, a room that people can use for parties or, your park. I don't know, but like, there's so many things. And I, I, uh, actually on the way up here, I was thinking about, um, how cool it would be if you, it, when, if, and when we build a new building, we built in like retail type space mm-hmm. and then try to solicit, like, I mean, people like this music store were saying, I love this place. I wish it was in Norman. You know, like, yeah. Maybe yeah. I could talk them in, you know, in a few years, like, Hey, I've got a spot for you and everything. If you'll just come like, we could do that. We could do that even with people within our own community, uh, just creating spaces because our collective pool of assets is a powerful thing. Like we can do so much with that. Um, and so I'm constantly trying to think of just ways to serve our community because that's what engages people. Yeah. yeah I don't think that our generation is not as much looking for fire insurance as they're looking for, you know, their needs met or like just that purpose thing and an outlet yeah. for it. So, yeah, that's, that's good. Um, I, I want to ask you one kind of final question, uh, and, and as we kind of wrap up, but, um, so what I, what I love when I hear about Makerspace and Makers Church is, is you guys will definitely have a, a pure creative culture, um, in the space. I think in the church, it'll, it'll carry over. Um, in your opinion, what are some ways or how can a church, invest in and create a a real creative culture, um, whether it be on their creative team or whether it be what people see in their weekend experiences or, or, or whatever. Uh, well, you know, we, we, we invest in what we see important and we also, we celebrate what we, we see important. And so I think anytime you can, you know, if you don't have money, you can at least give people like accolades Mm -hmm. for the work that they do. Um, 
and I think a lot of times like creative people need that. Yeah. Like they, they need to, they need people to go, I mean, you're doing a great job. Like I see this and this and this, and I think it's great. Um, and that doesn't cost a dime, but also, you know, you're put your money where your mouth is, yeah. you know, in, in uh, November when you're working out that budget for the next year, like have this conversation, you know, if we had a C100 and some lenses, like, is there, a, is there a college student in our, in our church that would love to like shoot some video? You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think identifying people and like just putting it out there and giving them opportunities, uh, wherever they're at, like, at, uh, my dad's church, I'm helping them with some stuff and we're about to try to like build a photography team. Well, there's no one there and there might not be anybody even knows what they're doing, but it's a star. I think things like that don't have to be, you know, really well thought out or uh, expensive, but you can start somewhere and there's so many resources online that you can kind of just create teams around things people are interested in. Yeah. Well, on that, on that note, um, I, I love that because I feel like, you know, in the world we live in today, the YouTube culture, um, the Instagram culture and all that, all that kind of stuff, we, we kind of have this, this tendency to think that all these people who we follow on Instagram or on YouTube, like that they, they just like came out of the box as professionals, <laughs> right? you know, like, yeah. you know, the Phil, Philip Blooms of the world, right? Um, you know, that, that, you know, he's just, he's just amazing. And so I can be amazing too. And then when we don't quite live up to that. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. standard we get we get depressed right. or then you know as someone who tries to lead creatives we inadvertently sometimes expect right that perfection out of the box yeah um so i love that that fact of like just thinking like okay if we just invest in saying okay we're going to build a, right. a photography team yeah it may not look like church on the move or elevation no, church yeah. or anything like that but uh, you might be surprised you though. might be surprised there's and it, talent and, within and it will get there one day yes um, i i love to put uh, point and shoot cameras or whatever can, or even your, a phone in like 13 year olds hands yeah. because like you, they, they, their expression when they do it is like, you believe in me to do yeah. this? Like, and you might never use all the pictures they do or they, you know, but do that, give them feedback, say, Hey, this cast some vision about it. This is what we're trying to accomplish with this. You know, we want to show people the best possible version of like what church looks like. Yeah. We want to get those expressions, those interactions with people, just make it look really awesome. And like, you'd be surprised how many times they bring you back pictures. I've experienced this recently and it's like, wow, that looks amazing. And yeah. I never would have thought to shoot from that side of the room or that angle or whatever. Um, and just, you can't lose, you know, yeah. I mean, they might drop the thing and break it, but like you just have to kind of expect those growing pains with whatever process. And, yeah. I like that. I like that idea of like, you can't lose. Cause I do fear that sometimes we, we stop ourselves because we're like, well, we don't have, we don't have people in the church who can do X, right. Y, and Z. You don't know that, but you don't know <laughs> it until you let them go with the yeah, camera. Um, totally. And so I, I think that's good. And uh, just, just to wrap up Arliss, uh, is there, is there any word of encouragement you would like to give uh, people in the creative world that, that are working at a local church? I think whatever you're doing now, like there's a reason usually uh, like my journey has been, I've been all over the place. I've done all kinds of stuff. And I feel like, uh, you know, God was just trying to mold me and shape me for what I'm about to do. And, you know, I'm, then there's the best is yet to come. I'm sure there's more in the future, but it doesn't matter where you're at or how not cool it is. And it's so hard because you're comparing constantly. Like you said, like we're constantly scrolling 
through Instagram feed, looking at these huge churches, trying to pull off cool stuff, and we just don't have the budget, we don't have the gear. Um, but like, God, God has put you where you are for a reason. And I would just try to rock it as much as you can, because there's more coming, and He'll He'll keep blessing you with more opportunity. Well, again, we want to thank Arliss for taking time to stop by the Create Initiative podcast. Uh, we had a had a great time. It was fun to to talk with him and hear his heart behind uh, what what it is him and his family are doing now. Um, well, Kyle, that that'll pretty much wrap up our show. Do you have any closing thoughts as we as we get out of here? No, not really. Other than don't forget, start being way more interesting on social media, everyone, because Jason is. Really looking to clean up that follower yeah, that, list. My algorithms will say, quit following this person. They're not very so active. You just say you've been warned. You have you have been warned. Um, but, uh, I mean, just remember, it won't be me doing it. It'll be the, the AI that will... Jason's slowly turning into AI. Well, it's, you know, it does make life easier in a lot of ways, for sure. Um, and much, much easier. One more thing before we go. Don't forget to submit your work now for the Create Initiative Film Festival. Submissions are due by July 13th, and the film festival is July 24th at Circle Cinema in Tulsa. We have uh, video categories and narrative short, mini documentary or testimony video, and also uh, a fun one, InstaVid or mobile video, where this is one 60 seconds or less that uh, must be entirely produced on your phone. And uh, if Steven Soderbergh can do it, I think you can do it as well and uh, uh did you have any thoughts about the film festival kyle nope um just like uh jason's social media you better bring your good stuff though or not only will he stop following you after if you bring a bad film but he just won't be your friend anymore in real life either man you make me sound like such a terrible terrible I'm just, person i'm just with it's like the fine print i'm just letting everyone know Keep oh, their okay. expectations tailored correctly the, that's right uh, tailor your expectations correctly but uh, seriously we want you to be there July 24th make plans now you can register to attend for free and then you can also submit your work for free at createinitiative.org slash film festival well that's it for this episode I am Jason Evans and uh, this is Kyle Lee and we will see you later peace <laughs>